Two-thirds of Americans are at risk to experience a blackout. Are you ready to protect your family? Well, you could be with the Patriot Power Solar Generator 2000X. This new solar generator has double the capacity and is expandable, so you can run big appliances like your fridge even longer. And best of all, the new solar generator is fume-free, safe to use inside, and never needs gas ever. Over 150,000 Americans already trust Patriot Power Generators. So go to 4, that's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben to get your solar generator now. You'll even get a solar panel included free. So right now, go to 4patriots.com slash Ben. That's the number 4, patriots.com slash Ben. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. There are two major and extremely important issues that we are going to deal with today on the podcast. And if you haven't already shared this podcast, today is a day where we ask you to fight back, get involved, and share this podcast on social media with your family and friends right now. Number one, uh, mass mandates are coming back. And if you work for the government, you're going to have to get the vaccine or you're going to be harassed each and every day until you do it. This includes government contractors. And this is also being done by the government. The Biden administration will announce this to force the private sector to do the same thing. We're going to deal with that. Second thing, there is something going on in Washington, D.C. right now with this January the 6th commission. Nancy Pelosi picked members of the select committee to investigate what they described as something that was worse than 9-11. Let me say this right now and be very clear. January the 6th is nowhere close to what happened on 9-11. And anyone that says that is willfully lying to you. They're psychotic. They're delusional, or I would argue they hate America. January the 6th was not a real attempt at overthrowing the government. January the 6th was a crime, a violent crime. January the 6th was exactly what people had come to accept as normal behavior after a year of watching it on TV in cities all over the country. January the 6th was a day that was condemned, unlike the Antifa and Black Lives Matter riots and looting and burning and attacking of government buildings and police stations and police cars. The list goes on and on. Okay, Was what looked like pretty much normal behavior. January the 6th was a day that does not need the type of investigation that we have had by the 
Congress. This is nothing but a you-know-what show. This is a political waste of time and something that is it is only being done for political reasons. Now, let's talk about holding people accountable for their actions. I am in favor of holding people accountable for their actions for what happened on January the 6th. And we've used the entire force, the government, to find every human being we can get our hands on. And we have locked a lot of people up. We have found people. We have publicly shamed people. Hell, we publicly shamed people just for going to the January 6th event who did not do anything at the Capitol, who left peacefully, which the majority of the people did leave that event peacefully. But what they're doing in Washington right now, I'm calling it as well right now, is going to backfire. It is going to backfire because the American people, I think, are starting to realize that this is an extreme political overreaction and overselling of what really happened on that day. I'll give you another example. There's a new poll out that says more Americans actually want Black Lives Matter riots investigated than January the 6th riots. Now, let me explain why. Because the Black Lives Matter riots, there were a lot of people that actually died. There were a lot of police officers that were attacked. There were cities and towns and neighborhoods and communities that were burned to the ground. As Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi picks members of the select subcommittee to investigate the riots of January the 6th. A new poll finds that many Americans believe she's actually focused on the wrong riots. One third more Americans believe Congress should hold investigations and hearings about last summer's Black Lives Matter protests that sparked violence than think that lawmakers ought to probe the riots at the Capitol on January the 6th. Now, there is a difference between what happened on January the 6th and what happened around the country. The difference is we have the whole weight of the government finding the people that did January the 6th. We do not have the government, the whole weight of the government, even I would say a tenth of the government finding the people that burned down our cities because of politics and only because of politics. In all, two out of three likely U.S. voters say they believe Congress should open an official investigation. Did you hear that? Two out of three likely U.S. voters believe Congress should open an official investigation into the violent protests which blazed a trail of arson and looting throughout major and mid-sized cities nationwide. On the other hand, fewer than 49% of Americans, which is exactly how many people vote for Democrats, voted for a guy by the name of Joe Biden and people like Nancy Pelosi. On the other hand, fewer than 49% of Americans support Pelosi's investigation of the D.C. riot, in which rioters protesting the 2020 presidential election results stormed the Capitol. Think about that. Now, support for a federal inquiry into the riots that engulfed U.S. cities after the death of George Floyd, cut deep across racial and political lines. 67% of whites and 64% of blacks and 66% of Hispanics and 62% of other minorities think Congress 
should investigate the 2020 riots in the U.S. cities. In other words, it's almost identical the numbers. White, 67, 64 for black, 66 for Hispanics, and 62% for other minorities that Congress believes should investigate the 2020 riots in cities all over the country. You don't think this is a legitimate poll? Rasmussen put the poll out, so not exactly like hardcore conservative over here. Here's another poll number that you might want to pay attention to. 75% of Republicans and 60% of Democrats as well as 63% of voters not affiliated with either major party say Congress should investigate last year's violent protests. Now, move back to this sham committee, and I call it a sham committee, and let me explain why. Republicans said we wanted to put some members on that committee. We chose who we wanted to be on that committee, and the speaker said no. Said no. She decided to put people that agreed with her on the select committee to investigate January the 6th. Now, Democrats have equated what happened on January the 6th with 9-11, saying it's worse than 9-11. That is exactly why they're losing people. This thing's going to play out on TV, and MSNBC is going to run it, and CNN's going to run it, and they're going to jazz this up as much as they can. And I'm telling you, it's going to backfire. Because what it looks like to the American people is selective justice. If you're a Trump supporter, we try to put you in jail. If you burn down an American city, which is what we have advocated for allowing to happen all over the country for a year, we'll let that slide. That is the policy of the Democrats. Okay, that that is... Literally, the policies of the Democrats. Now, something else that happened during this January the 6th hearing is a Capitol Police officer yesterday lied. He lied at the January 6th hearing, falsely claiming that his fellow officer, Brian Sidnick died from injuries on January the 6th. That is a lie that's been peddled by the leftists to incriminate Trump supporters. It didn't happen. The only person that was actually killed by someone else on January the 6th was Ashley Babbitt, who was killed by a police officer. She was unarmed. That is a fact. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. 
I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, from this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, oh, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Adam Schiff actually tried to pretend to cry during the committee hearing. I'm not making it up, folks. He was reading his statements, right? And while reading his statements, he was acting like he was crying, except he wasn't crying. This is political theater. This is about scoring political points. This is about locking up Trump supporters and saying that this was worse than 9-11. It was not worse than 9-11. But Adam Schiff actually pretended, tried to pretend, this Democrat from California, that he was crying during this January 6th select committee. I'm going to let you hear the fake crying so you understand just how political all of this actually is. Because if we're no longer committed to a peaceful transfer of power, after our elections, uh, if our side doesn't win, then God help us. Okay, pause real quick. I want you to think about what Adam Schiff just said there. He said, if we're not in favor of a peaceful transition of power, then I, God help us, right? You know when Donald Trump won, you guys immediately start saying you're going to impeach him. You know that when Donald Trump won, you guys tried to impeach him. You know that you guys spied on him. You know that you guys use the deep state to go try to find his friends, lock them up, and to figure out something you could get Donald Trump in, in, in trouble with. You guys went on a, a fishing exploration knowing that it was all on false pretense to overthrow the will of the people. Let's not forget that. Let's not forget that it was your party that bought and paid for the Steele dossier, bought and paid for the conspiracy theory that you guys made up, created, and then used as the premise to then go after Donald Trump with Russian collusion that was paid for by the DNC and Hillary Clinton. You know, it was you guys that refused to accept the will of the people when Donald Trump won. It was you guys that came out and said, well, he didn't win the popular vote, so he's not really the president, which has nothing to do with how we elect our president. And now you want to say, God help us if we if we don't if we don't support the will of the people 
This is Adam Schiff saying this. The same guy that pushed Russian collusion for four years and moved to impeach the president, not once but twice, because he didn't like him. Because if we're no longer committed to a peaceful transfer of power after our elections, uh, if our side doesn't win, then God help us. We deem elections illegitimate merely because they didn't go our way rather than trying to do better the next time. God help us. That's exactly what y'all did for four years. The Democrats did this for four years. Donald Trump's not my president because he didn't win the popular vote. That's what they said. We're going to impeach the president of the United States of America before he'd even been put into office. This is a Democratic California representative started fake crying as he spoke about how important election integrity is, ironically overlooking the fact that he's the one that refused to release evidence of non-Russian collusion during Trump's investigation for four years. This guy was making crap up on TV, trying to undermine the president of the United States of America. And now he wants to fake cry? Come on, man. But the media doesn't remind you of any of what I just told you. So they let him keep acting like he's crying. And if we're so driven by bigotry and hate that we attack our fellow citizens as traitors. If they're born in another country or they don't look like us. What did you do to Trump supporters, bro? You guys burned down cities and supported the burning down of cities. You guys advocated and raised money for the Black Lives Matter protesters that were attacking the police officers. And now you want to say this crap? Here comes the fake crying. Here it is, fake crying. But I have faith. Because of folks like you. And I... I mean, this is what a psychopath, by the way, sounds like. This is psychotic behavior from Adam Schiff. The same guy that did everything he could to take a lie and turn it into some sort of reality against Donald Trump is now out there acting like he's crying, saying that if we don't respect, right, if we we don't respect the will of the people, then God help us. If we don't respect an election, God help us. By the way, there's a big video going viral right now. I'm not really viral. Just want you to know what's happening. Because let's go back to Black Lives Matter and all this crap. There's an Atlanta police officer caught on tape, handcuffed a black woman. All right. She's laying on the ground and the police officer kicks her in the head. There is zero national outrage. There is zero playing of this tape happening on the national news. You want to know why? Because it was not one, but two black Atlanta police officers. Now, those police officers, because the viral video went viral, at least locally, have been relieved of duty after one of them videoed the other brutally kicking a handcuffed, mentally unstable woman in the head while she's on the ground while she's been handcuffed during an arrest. The altercation happened on Monday when police were called to an apartment complex following a report of a woman pointing a gun at several people in the neighborhood. The woman who was involved only identified as Ashley. 
Sergeant, this sergeant was caught on video viciously kicking the woman in the face as Officer Bridge Citizen un, uh, just standing there, un, un, unflinching, stood and watched it happen. It happened after she allegedly spat on the man's boots and pants. The woman was partially undressed. That reportedly happened while she was resisting arrest. In the viral video that was taken by an anonymous bystander, a third officer walked onto the scene after the incident occurred. Any, anybody playing this nationwide? Nope. The person who filmed the officer's reaction claims that the episode was only one of a number of times a woman was kicked by officers. So far, there is no evidence of that. The police, of course, not being held accountable because why? Hey, if you're if you're black, you can beat the crap out of somebody that's black, I guess. I guess that's how we roll now. We'd burn down the whole city if it was a white guy that did this, but it's a black guy. We're cool. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Everything's fine. So let's let's fake cry about the election. Let's fake cry about what happened at the Capitol. Let's call it 9-11. But let's not investigate the woman who was actually killed by police officers at the Capitol. Oh, and by the way, one of the police officers that testified yesterday, he implied that you should go to Donald Trump's house and do the same violence to him. Let me let you hear that police officer in his own words. And so, uh, Officer Gunnell, when you um, think Sorry. about that and, and share with us the vivid memory of, of the cruelty and the violence of the assault that day, um, and then you hear uh, former President Trump say, quote, it was a loving crowd. There was a lot of love in the crowd. How does that make you feel? It's upsetting. It's a pathetic excuse for his behavior for something that he himself helped to create this monstrosity. I'm still recovering from those hugs and kisses that day that he claimed that so many writers, terrorists were assaulting us that day. If that was hugs and kisses, then we should all go to his house and do the same thing to him. To me, it's insane. Oh, I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Let's back that up real quick. You have a Capitol Police officer. A U.S. Capitol Police officer who just said we should all go to his house and do what he did to us. Assaulting us that day. If that was hugs and kisses, then we should all go to his house and do the same thing to him. Now, you would think immediately, right, that. Liz Cheney, who was doing the questioning there, one of the two Republicans that were chosen who's anti-Trump more than the Democrats, would have corrected that statement and said, hold on, with all due respect, officer, we're not, this committee is not going to condone violence on the former president of the United States of America. You, you would think immediately that would have been said, right? Like, whoa, 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 we don't want this to go off the rails here. You want to know what she responded with? She responded with an mm-hmm. That's what she responded with. Listen carefully. Listen very carefully. And you will hear the constant agreement from Liz Cheney. That he claimed that so many writers, terrorists, were assaulting us that day. If that was hugs and kisses, then we should all go to his house and do the same thing to him. To me, it's insulting, it's demoralizing. 
uh, because of everything that we did was to prevent every one in the capital from getting hurt. And what he was doing, instead of sending the military, instead of sending the support or telling his people, his supporter, to stop this nonsense, he egged them to continue fighting. I was in the lowest, worst terrorist fighting alongside these officers. And all of them, all of them were telling us, Trump sent us. Nobody else, there was nobody else. It was not Antifa. It was not Black Lives Matters. It was not the FBI. It was his supporter that he sent them over to the Capitol that day. Now, let's be clear. Donald Trump did not tell people to go and riot. He did not tell them to go attack the Capitol. His exact words were, we're going to go peacefully down to the Capitol and have our voices heard. People decided to do something different. A small group of people, by the way, decided to do something different. Small group, not a large group, a small group. Small group of people decided to do something different. Wasn't like everybody that showed up on January the 6th decided to go big. Okay. That did not happen. Didn't happen, folks. Doesn't matter. Because we've got a narrative now. This is the narrative. We've got a narrative and we got to use that narrative and we got to make sure that that narrative continues. That narrative apparently is everything. That narrative we're going to keep moving is that January the 6th was worse than 9-11 and that Donald Trump is a terrorist because that's what this is really about. This is really about that. That, a ter- that, that this is a terrorist. Okay, Donald Trump is a terrorist leader who got terrorists to go out there and terrorize people. Now, the American people, I don't believe, are going to be fooled by this. I have condemned, and everybody else that I know has contempt, condemned what happened on January the 6th. Everybody I know has condemned it, but they're keeping the lie alive and well for a reason. Because it's political for them, plain and simple. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose Podcast. On Purpose is dedicated to helping you be happier, healthier, and more healed. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how he got comfortable with fear, navigating the changes in relationships, and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. This conversation shows a never-seen-before side to Orlando Bloom and his unique life journey. I think we all struggle sometimes to really deeply believe that we are enough that we're valued, that we're valuable. You know, we're imprinted by our parents from the age of zero to seven, right? Mm. I'm constantly trying to go like, how do I detach from my, this idea of what, do, is, that, is that my baggage? I look like my baggage. I mean, I know, okay, that's mine. Let's unpack that. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. I want to pivot to this other important information, and that is mass mandates are coming, lockdowns are coming, and you're going to lose your job in the federal government or you're going to be harassed and to the point where you lose your mind if you don't get the vaccine. Nancy Pelosi also showing real leadership, as she put it, walked out on the floor of the House and said this earlier. Chair will take this occasion to update her announced policies of January 4th, 2021, regarding the requirement to wear masks in the hall of the House during the coronavirus crisis. Consistent with the newly updated guidance from the Office of the Attending Physician related to the increased threat from the Delta variant of the virus, the chair wishes to inform all members and staff that masks will once again be required in the hall of the House. However, members will be permitted to remove their mask temporarily while under recognition. To be clear, members and staff must wear masks in the hall of the House at all times except when a member may remove his or her mask when recognized by the chair. In addition, members presiding as chair may remove their mask when speaking. This announcement is incorporated within the policy of conduct during a covered period of January 4th, 2021 and supersedes any other announced policy that is in conflict. The Sergeant at Arms is directed to enforce mask requirements consistent with his, this announcement. Members are reminded that under House Resolution 38, the Sergeant at Arms is authorized and directed to impose a fine against any member acting in violation of this policy. The Chair appreciates the continued attention of all members and staff to these health and safety protocols, particularly in this changing health environment. The chair now will entertain up to 15 one minutes, requests for one minutes on each side of the aisle. Uh, by the way, I, I just love this, right? This is very normal. The federal government's going to have mass mandates. Mass will once again be required in the hall of the house. This is the uh, uh, people's house, by the way, where you can't even get into because we've still kept up all this insane barricades and barriers. And you have to check in so that the, 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 the speaker of the house knows every single person that comes in to meet for a meeting with any congressmen or senators. You have to check in before you even go into those buildings anymore. It's, it, it is total government anarchy and lockdown now if you think that's all they're going to do cdc is now coming out uh on on kids mass mandates 
right? And this is what they've said about masking your kids up in schools. Now, the Delta variant isn't making kids any sicker, per se, is it? Because the statistics, as the studies have come back from from children in COVID, what, from the UK, uh, what did we learn there? Some 99.995% of the 470,000 children in England infected survived. I mean, that's an incredible survival rate. The Delta variant isn't making kids any sicker, is it? We don't have any evidence that is doing so, and that's really great news. But I do want to emphasize, and, and I know all of the data, and it is so true that all of the data say the kids do better than the adults. Transmission is less in schools than it might be in other places um, when prevention strategies are in place. But I think it's really important for people to understand that this is not a benign disease in kids compared to other diseases that our kids see. So if you look at the mortality rate of COVID um, just this past year for children, it's more than twice the mortality rate that we see in influenza in a given year. So to be clear what the CDC's Walensky just said on kid mask mandates, we don't have any evidence that the Delta variant makes kids sicker, but we're going to throw masks on kids. Now, Dr. Fauci, again, out there doing what Dr. Fauci does, saying you need to wear a mask even though you're vaccinated now. Well, if the policy you're talking about is the uh, masking in the sense of telling vaccinated people that even though two months ago, 60 days ago, the CDC came out with the recommendation that individuals who are vaccinated do not need to wear masks indoors or outdoors, something has changed. And what has changed is the virus. The CDC hasn't changed and the CDC hasn't really flip-flopped at all. What's happened is that when that earlier recommendation was made, we were dealing predominantly with the alpha variant. And the alpha variant, when you look at individuals who are vaccinated, that the level of virus in the nasopharynx of vaccinated people who might get a breakthrough infection that the level of virus was really very low, indicating that it would be extremely unlikely that a vaccinated person who happened to get infected, and that happens because the vaccine is certainly not 100% effective, that that would be very unlikely that they would transmit. However, now we are dealing with the Delta variant, which is really quite a lot more transmissible than the Alpha variant, number one. Number two, The data are clear, the most recent data, that when a person gets infected who has been vaccinated, namely a breakthrough infection, and they get infected with the Delta variant, that the level of virus in their nasopharynx is about a thousand times higher than with the Alpha variant. And it has been well documented that even though it's a rare occurrence, those individuals can and have transmitted the virus to uninfected individuals. And for that reason, the recommendations and the guidelines have- Listen to this, for that reason, listen. Been changed to say that if you are vaccinated, even though you are vaccinated, you are in an indoor public setting in an area of the country with a high degree of viral dynamics, namely the red and orange sections on the CDC chart, then you need to wear a mask, even though you are vaccinated boom so there now you got to wear a mask even if you're vaccinated okay so this delta variant doesn't make kids any sicker than the other a a variant right the alpha variant 
or the first one, I should say, but we're going to mask our kids up. And you need to wear a mask even though you're vaccinated. And Pelosi announces mask mandates once again required in the hall of the House. All right. So Jen Psaki was asked at the White House about the CDC changing the mask guidelines due to the evolving data about the Delta variant. And what did she have to say about this? Take a listen. Sure. Well, first, um, I know this is slightly awkward timing, uh, but the, and I know there's a lot of reporting out there about the CDC guidance. It is not only appropriate for them to make the decisions, it's also appropriate for them to officially announce their own guidance. Uh, I will say, though, that uh, how we view this, uh, as, as you asked about, Alex, uh, implementation uh, of their guidelines that they'll outline on a call with all of you later this afternoon, that we are still in the midst of a once-in-a-generation pandemic battling an ever-evolving virus. Um, we have said uh, since the beginning of June uh, that the Delta variant, a rising variant that had it uh, increasing, was clear from the beginning, had a great, a great deal of transmissibility, was a threat. Uh, to people who were unvaccinated. We did more than 100 interviews with officials conveying exactly that. And the reality is we are dealing with a much different strain of this virus than we were uh, even earlier in the spring, back in May, when the uh, masking guidance was, uh, was done, provided by the CDC at that time. That is their job. Their job is to look at evolving information, evolving data, uh, an evolving historic pandemic and provide guidance to the American public. That's exactly what they will do and uh, what they will provide specific details on later this afternoon. Later this afternoon. What does that mean in translation? It means due to the involve, the evolving data about the Delta variant, we are going to mandate very clearly, we are going to mandate that all federal government workers have to wear a mask and you're going to have to get the vaccine. And on top of that, what you're going to have to do is something else. If you don't get the vaccine, we are literally going to harass you. We are going to silence you. It is going to be impossible for you to do your job. And if you don't think that the media is going to back them up and locking us back down, listen to MSNBC. He does need to make the tough choice right now. Yeah, Joe Biden needs to make the tough choice right now. Joe Biden needs to make the tough choice right now, and he needs to start in his own political backyard. And he needs to tell the teachers union that he's going to require every public health care uh, person to get it, but also starting every public school teacher needs to be vaccinated. If you remember last year, they kept saying, we can't go back to school earlier this year. We can't go back to school until we're all vaccinated. That's all we heard, right? Okay, well, we have the vaccinations now. We're starting to hear some rumblings that maybe, maybe we can't go back to school this, this fall because it's not, no, 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 no. That's not an option. That's not an option. Our kids stayed home last year from school and the results were absolutely devastating even by the way we told you that it was going to be devastating you guys didn't listen to us we knew that it was safe for kids to be in school the private schools did all year but you guys didn't listen to us and now you're saying it's unacceptable we must go back and you must wear masks you must be vaccinated or you're going to lose your job i'm, I'm telling you right now we better get our act together and start standing up to this insanity and you better be ready to say no 
because otherwise they're coming for all of us and they want you to lose your job and they want you to not be able to function in society unless you do what they demand that they tell you you must do. All right. Lastly, if you haven't shared this uh, podcast, please hit the share button. Share this with your family and friends right now as we continue to be uh, one of the fastest growing conservative podcasts in the country. And it's only because of you guys taking a moment to share this with your family and friends. Share it on social media. There's that little arrow button. If you're listening to this podcast where you can easily share it. Thank you for doing that each and every day. And I'll see you back here tomorrow. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.